we make a boasting in our flesh. And in reality, spiritually, that's supposed to be depleting the sense of glorying in our flesh when we should be glorying in, in the Lord and the work that he's doing through our lives. Paul says, I'm going to boast in the cross of Christ. Let him who glories glory in the Lord. Rejoice in Christ Jesus. Have no confidence in the flesh. You're looking too far for that need you have inside. You're on a big merry-go-round and it's taking you for a ride. You've got to let go and let go. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. So we're closing out a study that I have uh, thoroughly enjoyed, and I even went through the passage, and I'll close out with some of these verses at the end of the message, but I just went through chapter one and just, you know, there's some of these verses in every chapter that just pop out for me and, and they're just like keeper verses, you know, and some, a couple of them we've had, uh, to try to memorize and I'm still struggling with the last one because I can't remember to say, I say then at the beginning of it, but they're just keeper verses that, um, tell the story that Paul was writing to the churches of Galatia. And, and as a, I had said before several times probably that, you know, this was a, a region, uh, Galatia was a region that Paul was writing to. And so in that region, there were several churches. It would be like Paul writing to the churches of Lake County. And he had some words for us here in Lake County. He, he had some words for the churches in Galatia. And it had to do with their falling into bondage again through the law, through circumcision, something that they had never, as Gentiles, had never had to contend with before. They knew the bondage of sin, but now there were Judaizers coming and trying to put them under a different type of bondage, a bondage of religion. And our relationship with Jesus Christ, although it is a religion that we have by definition, in reality, It is a relationship that we have with our Lord that makes everything of value. And without the relationship, we would just be any other religion out there in the world today. And so there's a huge difference between Christianity and what the world teaches. And and we've learned that we can fall into so many different types of bondage. And Paul is going to recap a couple of these things for us as he closes out his letter. It's Galatians chapter 6, verses 11 through 18, and I'll read the uh, eight verses for we'll have the context of our passage today. See with what large letters I have written to you with my own hand, as many as desire 
to make a good showing in the flesh. These try to compel you to be circumcised, only that they may not suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For not even those who are circumcised keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may glory in your flesh. But God forbid that I should glory except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. As many as walks according to this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. And Father, we pray that you would just bless the teaching of your word. Holy Spirit, inspire our hearts, my voice, my thoughts, but also our hearts to hear the things you would have for us today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So he begins by talking about his large letters. Now, we're not quite sure what's going on with Paul at this point for him to say that. Some had theorized that he had something going on with his eyes. And uh, you guys, you guys, hey, you. Anyways, that came out wrong. Not from Jersey. Anyways, um, you've watched me go from the transition of not needing glasses to needing them. And uh, I was, Lily and I went to go see Rosanna Fiorazzo uh, and her husband play in concert over in Zion about two years ago. And she was right at that same place that I was several years ago to where you're making excuses for having to get the readers on in front of people. You know, it's like a transition. You never needed them before, but suddenly you need glasses and you're kind of embarrassed about them. And uh, Lily has reminded me several times because I spent a lot of money from my glasses for teaching and I forgot to put them on, and I don't even have the right ones on, that, uh, that I can see you guys better and see the scripture better at the same time. And maybe someday I'll remember to use those glasses. But we make a big deal out of this transition. And some think that Paul was just making a big deal out of his poor eyesight at this point. Now, they theorize that he had a problem with his eyesight because of a couple of other verses in scripture. One, it's a passage found in 2 Corinthians 12, verses 7 through 9. And there it tells us, Paul is saying, Lest I should be exalted above measure by abundance of revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities than the power of Christ may rest upon me. Now, it wasn't just a failing eyesight that causes people to think that Paul, you know, was uh, had this thorn in the flesh that was connected to his eyes. In the Middle East, there was a disease that would actually cause a pussing to come from your eyes. And it was kind of a gross thing to look upon. Now, combined with what we have read earlier, probably last month in Galatians 4, 13 through 15, Paul referring to his eyes in that passage, he says this, Galatians 4, verse 13, you know, because of physical infirmity, I preached the gospel to you at first that my trial was in my flesh, 
You did not despise or reject, but you received me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus. What then was the blessing you enjoyed? For I bear witness that, if possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and given them to me. And so that is the passage that gives us a, a huge clue that something was going on with Paul's eyes. And and we don't know if that uh, caused him to write with large letters. I mean, he could have just been failing in his eyesight. He may have wanted to make emphasis of this last portion. And you know, when we're writing a text, uh, an email, when I get somebody sends me something with all caps, usually they're yelling at me because they've capitalized everything to make distinction of that certain part of the phrase. And, and Paul could have been doing that. Look, I want you guys to get this. And so I'm going to write with large letters here. And there's another thing that is interesting from 2 Thessalonians 3.17. Paul tells us there that he always signed every letter himself. And so uh, we know from Romans, the scribe even uses his name that Paul had scribes to dictate, he would dictate these uh, letters, these epistles too. But then at the end of the letter, he would take the pen from the scribe. As it says in 2 Thessalonians 3.17, the salutation of Paul with my own hand, which is a sign in every epistle, so I write. And so Paul is simply saying, I always sign my own letters. I may have somebody, my secretary may write them for me, but I sign them or I dictate them and he transcribes it out on paper for me, but I sign him with my own hand. It could be as simple as that, but I think he's wanting to emphasize a few things as he's closing out. And he goes back to the Judaizers again in verses 12 through 13. He says, as many as desire to make a good showing in the flesh, these try to compel you to be circumcised only that they may not suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For not even those who are circumcised keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may glory in your flesh. And so they're trying to make, the Judaizers were trying to make a good showing in the flesh. Have you ever noticed someone who, when they fail in one area, they always tend to try to boast up another area in their life? You know, I know I'm bad here, but have you noticed this? It's a boasting in the flesh, and we all try to, we can fall into that trap of making a good showing in the flesh, but really what Scripture teaches us is that if you allow God to do an inner working in our hearts, then the outside, the flesh, will show good. You know, you can tell when people are, are making a boasting in their flesh, and it seemed like the Judaizers, because they knew it was impossible for them to keep the law, Although they preached it, and they preached the keeping of the law as a necessity for salvation, they found um, satisfaction in winning Gentiles over to be converted to keeping the law and also to be circumcised. And they kept track of this. They numbered these things. It was a showing in their flesh. Uh, last year, we had a couple that was leaving uh, the fellowship. They'd been with us from uh, the Navy base, we often get Army, Air Force, I've seen them all, Army, Air Force, Marines, and uh, Navy, of course, and usually it's Navy and Marines that we have coming in. But when they're here, they're here for a while with us, and, and then they get new uh, papers to go somewhere else. And, and one of these couples was making that transition, and the wife came up to me, and both husband and wife came to me, and, 
But it was the wife who said, thank you for baptizing me. And my first thought was, did I baptize you? I'm sure I did because she was thanking me for it. But I had, at the time, I had forgotten. You know, if I think about it now, it's like, yeah, I did. But the reason I'm mentioning this is because I really don't know how many people I've baptized. I never kept a count, a log, but I don't know what that number is. God knows. You know, when we keep numbers like this, it could work toward the boasting in the flesh. There could be a danger in that, or rather just doing ministry and letting things happen as they come and really not keeping track, knowing that when you're doing ministry, when you're serving others, that you're probably doing hopefully more good than you would even know. And you know what? It doesn't matter if you're keeping the numbers. God knows. He's the one that tallies the real scorebook. You know, you could be way off in your book. You could make that boasting in the flesh and write down all the things that you felt were very important. And God would say, you know what? All that stuff is rubbish. It it doesn't mean anything to me. But here's the areas that I wanted you to be working on. But it's easy for us to make a boasting in our flesh. The Judaizers were through the compelling of the Gentiles to be circumcised, to keep the law. They were boasting in the number of people that they had brought over to their ways. And Paul, just to summarize these two verses, he said that the Judaizers are simply men who were trying to be man-pleasers because they desired to make a showing in their flesh by compelling the Gentiles to be circumcised. They desired not to suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. Therefore, they were forsaking the liberty that was found in Jesus Christ. They didn't themselves keep the law. It was an impossibility for them and for every man. But they desired to have the Gentiles circumcised that they could boast in the Gentiles, in the numbers. And it was just a boasting in the flesh. Jesus said in Matthew 25, 15, when he's talking to the scribes and the Pharisees, he cried out to them in a very harsh way. He said, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you travel land and sea to win one proselyte. And when he is one, you make him twice as much the son of hell as you are. And so they would go great distances. And it seems that the Judaizers, they were taking this great distance. They were traveling to make these conversions. They were supposedly believers in Jesus Christ teaching that in order to truly be saved, you had to also keep the law of Moses. You had to also be circumcised. And what they were actually doing was bringing themselves and those they were teaching into a bondage that Christ never meant for us to have. Now, Jesus also said in that portion of Scripture in Matthew 23 and verse 26, he gives a recommendation that was for the scribes, for the Pharisees, and for any of us today. Jesus said, first cleanse the inside of the cup and dish, and that the outside of them may also be cleaned. That's a pretty simple thing. I know how many people have ever washed dishes before in their lives? Probably most of us, huh? And do you, you know, I always tackle the inside first. It's just, 
it's probably every one of us who ever do this. We always go for the where the garbage is hung up on the plate, and we clean that out first. And, and the outside is kind of that quick pass by because normally there's there's not trash on the outside. But if we work on the inside, we discover just by handling the dish that you know the whole thing becomes clean. And the Lord is saying the same thing for us. If we work on the inside, except for it's His work, it's not ours. It's a work that he has to do from within. And what is interesting to me, they were making a boasting of the flesh. Hey, look at me. Look at what I've done. And I discovered that if we allow the Lord to do his work on the inside, the Lord is going to show you off to others. And those things that you are desiring about your life, they're just going to come naturally through the work of Christ in your life, and not in a boastful way. People, you kind of know the real thing, don't you? You know, we were on a plane. I'll never forget this, I don't think, because it was Mr. and Mrs. Hollywood down in Phoenix, Arizona. No, actually, we laid over in uh, in Las Vegas on this particular flight out to California. Lily and I were going out to the West Coast for a pastor's conference. On this particular trip, we were able to go together, and we laid over in Las Vegas, and You know, I just cracked up laughing because um, Mr. and Mrs. Hollywood got on the plane. They were both dressed in black. They both had long blonde hair. I wouldn't have been surprised if the guy didn't have some kind of makeup on. But, you know, he, he was just buff and large. And, you know, it was as the girl was and all made up. And and at the time, it was I I'm sorry if I offend any woman out there, but. Um, that was very popular to have the lipstick with the, the dark line on the outside. No, what had happened is her dark line stayed and the inside had been rubbed off. And so it kind of, to me, looked a little clownish at the moment there. But it was just a showing of the flesh. And I, I wonder how Mr. and Mrs. Hollywood looks today. You know, it's been about 10 years since we've seen them. And I, I imagine they're still working on the flesh and it's probably getting harder to keep that flesh looking as good as it did, or at least as thought as they thought it, it just kind of busted me up laughing. I didn't laugh out loud, but that's what I was thinking because you could see it. They were trying to make this show in their flesh. And we often do this. I had a friend that, man, he was buff. He was strong. He, he loved to lift weights. As a weightlifter, he concentrated. One of the hard things for a weightlifter is to have big thighs and big legs because it takes a lot of work to get the legs to develop. But he had done that. But he always wore sweats, baggy clothes. He didn't want to show it off. He didn't want to gloat it in that sense. But at his wedding, he had all of his weightlifter buddies and girls. Uh, there was one of the women who was walking down the aisle that probably could have tore up the guy that was escorting her because she was just so buff. But there was this showing in the flesh. But my friend, he never did that. You know, you could tell, obviously, he lifted weights. But he even mentioned it once. He he told me that. He said, that's why I wear sweats all the time, because he just doesn't want to show it off. He enjoyed the sport of it, but he didn't really want the glory from it in that sense. And uh, quite often we fail because we seek the glory when we should just be about serving our Lord. And, you know, as we're serving the Lord... Others will notice. If they don't, it's their fault. But God knows it. And that's the one we're supposed to be serving, whether you're here at church or at school or in your workplace 
or at home. Do all things as to unto the Lord. And they were trying to make a showing in the flesh. They were making this boasting in the flesh. And the idea was to prevent persecution of the cross because they were, through the Jews, they were converting people to Judaism. And so they kind of got a pass on persecution. So they had an agenda, and it was keeping them from being persecuted. Now today, we have people continually trying to uh, restrict the activity of the church, the language of the church, and even to the point to where they're trying to pass laws to keep us from just preaching forth the Word of God, what the Bible says. And I wonder when those laws are passed, which I believe they will one day be passed, how we will curtail our language, our witnessing. Will we change our language, our witnessing? I, you know, we've been on broadcasting on uh, Calvary Radio Network for almost a year now, and uh, there are a few times in some of the messages in Daniel, and we've done First uh, and Second Thessalonians, and we're in the Book of Daniel now that we've been broadcasting down in the Chicago land area. And a few of those times in uh, the epistles of First and Second Thessalonians, I dealt with the topic of homosexuality. And so I find it interesting because now I'm listening to it thinking, okay, now it's going to be beyond the four walls here. It's going to go out to the public. And I wonder what would I want the public to hear? And so I've listened to uh, these messages that have dealt with that topic when I get into it. And I have to make a decision. Am I going to just air it as it went forth? Or I'm going to make some changes and clean it up a little bit. I'll tell you this up to this point. I have not changed anything. I've just let the word of God preach forth. And what my, my balance line is, is I make sure that I am preaching the word when I'm talking about it. It's not my opinions, but it's the word of God and what it says about it. And then that's my safety net. Now, if I hear myself going off on a tangent, it's just me. I'll pull that off because my word, you know, it means nothing. But if it's the word of God, I'm going to stand upon the word of God. And up to this point, I've let it just broadcast the way it was preached on that particular Sunday. You know, I wonder how we'll make those changes to keep from being persecuted, to have a trial, a court, uh, to be thrown into prison. That's what the Judaizers were doing. They're preventing this by making a show in the flesh. In verses 14 and uh, 15, but Paul says, but God forbid that I should glory except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. See, this is a very large key for Paul because, you know, when you're trying to make a, a showing in your flesh, you're worried about what the world is seen in you. And Paul says, I have been crucified to the world and the world to myself. I don't care what the world says. What I care about is Jesus Christ. What I care about is the cross of Jesus Christ. And in verse 15, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision or nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. And so Paul says, not me. I'm not going to glory in the flesh. I'm not going to boast in the flesh, but I'm going to boast in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. That word for boasting in the Greek in the King James has been translated as boast 
to glory, to have joy, to rejoice. And it's all the same Greek word that's been translated in these many different ways. Now, the Judaizers was making a boasting in their own flesh. But Paul says, I'm not going to boast in that. I'm going to boast in um, the cross of Jesus Christ. In Romans 2.17, he says, make your boast in God. In 1 Corinthians 1.31, he's quoting an Old Testament passage there, but he says, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Philippians 3.3, rejoice in Jesus Christ. Have no confidence in the flesh. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for uh, just the testimony that we have of the Apostle Paul and his teachings that you have given us through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit as you've pinned these for us some 2,000 years later, still learning from them, Lord. Help us to learn these lessons. Help us, Lord, to be those who would not desire to make a showing in our flesh, but, Lord, only let you do a work in our lives that we would glory, Lord, in your work, in your cross, that we are a new creation in you. And I pray, Lord, that your peace and your mercy and your grace would be upon our lives. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today. Thank you.